you know, the thing about being in the shit, there's nothing worse than being in the shit by yourself, but at least everyone's in the shit. And you can take a little bit of comfort in that, I think. And, um, and there's always a worse story around the corner. Um, we just, you know, I'm not about bottom lip dropping. I'm about, you know, being positive. Let's get on with it and um, we'll get through it. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. When the pandemic landed, New Zealand, our mates across the ditch, embarked on the elimination strategy. With a heavy lockdown model designed to completely eliminate the virus from its shores, they banded together and beat the virus. New Zealand is now considered virus-free. But what has the last seven months been like for the residents and the hospitality sector? Al Brown is a chef and owner of Depot Eatery and Oyster Bar, Federal Delicatessen, and Best Ugly Bagels in New Zealand. Al, how you going, mate? Bloody good. That was quite the intro. <laughs> well, you deserve, you deserve quite an intro. You're a pretty influential chef. Oh, no, no, it's talking about the pandemic. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, it sounded so serious, and, and it, I guess it was pretty serious. And, uh, you know, it all happened, I guess, you know, same, same for, for everyone in the world. Suddenly it was, it was game on, no matter where you were, and, and um, Jacinda, our, yeah, I think she's extraordinary. Our, our Prime Minister made some big calls and and closed closed the place down and and um, you know that that first time it it, it um, felt like the right thing to do and and um, you know we've had another flare up but we seem to be on top of that as well. But um, yeah, it's been a pretty shit seven months to be honest. Well, can you take us back and paint a picture for us of what it's been like in New Zealand when the lockdown first happened and, and what sort of impact it had on you and your establishment? Look, from what I can re- recall, you know, it went from, um, you know, them dealing with it and, and you know, we jumped, uh, we have a sort of system of one, two, three and four here and we're all on one now, but uh, we went from one to two to three to four, I think within sort of three days, um, three or four, four days. So it happened very, very quickly, um, which um, came as um, a bit of a surprise. So a bit of surprise, and and um, you know, I guess it's easier to to close things down than 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 to open them up, and and we did it pretty quickly. Um, you know, I think we we're all in a bit of shock, really. Um, and you know, when we sort of knew that we were going to be locked down for at least a month, um, yeah, a lot of soul searching. And um, my first priority, I think, was um, was the staff. Um, you know, I didn't know. You know, health is more important than any plate of food, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you know, I immediately went into right. We want to, you know, we 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 thought about maybe I oh, will do a bit of wholesale baking and 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 um, distribute that around supermarkets and things to to try and earn a little bit of income. But you know, the first day of that, I just wasn't happy with how it was going to roll out, and and we were still in those early days of you know there was wasn't scaremongering, but I was. A little bit, you know, unsure, and and you know, you feel, you know, these are your other other family. They're, they're you know, they're these people that you spend more time with than your family. So there's a lot of care and um, thought went out to, the, you know, it becomes more than thinking about your business. To me, it becomes quite personal, and um, it was the thought of looking after my staff was first and foremost. You know, we're re- relatively risk adverse, um, sort of 
business, well, as risk averse as you can be in this business, but um, you know we like to pay our bill, pay our bills and and sleep well at night. So you know we were and we've been established for quite a while. So um, but easier for us, I guess, to, to to bite the bullet and and switch it all off. Um, and that's what we did. And and you know immediately people were you know, using the words pivot and, and um, you know, we're going to do takeaways, we're going to do this, you know, counterless, you know, pick up, et cetera. And um, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm a bit old and cynical, but I sort of thought, oh, well, I'm going to sit back and watch this for a bit because changing the model is, is quite a big deal in a whole lot of ways. And, and um, I was, um, you know, we're not just a, a hunger and a thirst solution, you know, we're entertainment and so much of the magic around a restaurant is, you know, the food and the the booze and stuff is the vehicle for everything else. And um, I was, you know, I know, you know, the idea that you can, you know, it's hard enough to serve a, a delicious plate of food and, you know, from five metres from the kitchen to the table, let alone bringing in polystyrene or, you know, packaging and, driving around and dropping off and picking up and payment and, you know, how do you staff that and, you know, what money drops out of the bottom, is it actually worth it? Um, so we we basically shut up shop and, and, and watched. And, look, I don't know what whether that's been the right um, the right way to do things or not. Um, it, once we started dropping down levels, um, you know, we were in – and Auckland was in level two for quite, or level three and level two for quite some time when the rest of the country was back at level one. And so we had, you know, social distancing in the restaurant. Um, and it just makes you, just makes you cry. You know, it's just, the product is just not the same. It's, it's, and that's what I mean, getting back to restaurants and cafes. And, you know, there's so much more than, than just the product you're serving and um, hard to hard to create that magic and um, and when the restaurant's half full because it just feels so bad, <laughs> it feels so wrong, you know. And you still really need the same amount of people in the kitchen and single servers, et cetera, to run it. Um, so, you know, getting, you know, keeping morale up, that's a big, big deal. You know, I work a couple of nights on the floor um, and depot and fed in the week if I'm around and of course I'm around now and um, you know again it was once we were sort of back and serving in different levels it was a matter of you know keeping the troops rallied I think more than anything. You mentioned some of the amazing decisions and direction that your Prime Minister has given the country during this time. The Australian government's copped a lot of flack for not supporting international workers on visas. What's some of the support that the New Zealand government gave to the restaurant industry? Oh, we had, you know, we had subsidies straight away, which was about 80%, um, and that was extended for a, a certain period of time, and um, they've finished now. But that that was, you know, and those, were, you know, Jacinda made some serious calls immediately, um, which you know, um, I guess stopped the fear-mongering a little bit and, and made sure everyone could keep their head above water for a while anyway. So, um, you know, that was 
super important for us to, you know, as I say, for, for us, you know, because it's also not just a, a thing about us with our staff. It's about how the staff feel about being in the pandemic as well. So, um, you know, to know that, that we could, uh, we looked after everyone, didn't lose anyone. And um, that was, you know, that was because of the government and, and, and what she did. And, um, you yeah, can't, you know, and, and it's so hard, you know, the, my heart just, broke with with what was happening in melbourne and um you know that big outbreak and you know people going oh you know bloody prime minister close it down it's time we opened up etc and you know and then they would be the the same people that would be yelling and screaming at her if we had a an outbreak like melbourne did and you know so you're damned if you do damned if you don't you know it's like but health comes first for me i think and um you know the the idea of, of um, you know, locking it down and, and trying to stamp on, you know, and get on top of it. And we're kind of lucky too, Huck, that we're, you know, we're New Zealand. We're bottom of the earth, you know. We're surrounded by water. Um, we're in a lot better position than um, in, 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 the, in the world um, topography than, than a lot of other countries, that's for sure. And so is Aussie, I guess, as well. Well, New Zealand is a, an amazing country. It's a beautiful place to visit. Can you tell us a little bit about, what New Zealand cuisine is? Look, um, yeah, I mean, I get asked that that quite a lot. Um, I think, yeah, well, only you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a tough question, isn't it? And um, but I can give you my, my sort of version. I, I guess the thing is with with New Zealand and in, in our food, and, and certainly my career starting off. You know, um, my, uh, my my favourite um, magazine was always um, what's that Australian one? Um, gourmet, gourmet traveller, gourmet traveller. Yeah, um, and I used to open those and and just sort of think, oh man, you know, Aussie's just that much further ahead and and of us, and and I think we've you know we've sort of closed that gap over the years when we've realised what we had here as well. But we always looked across the ditch. Well, I certainly did to to that magazine especially. But um, you know, the New Zealand food scene. I th- I, I, I like to. I think we. Um, we should own informality. I think we do informality really, really well. I think we find ourselves. I'm not. A, I'm not a fine dining guy, and um, I, I did that for a little bit. I, I opened a restaurant called Logan Brown years ago. It's, it's still going, and and that's in the in the fine dining sort of realm. But I always sort of felt relatively uncomfortable in that position of of white tablecloths and and fine fine um, glassware. Um, and so, you know, I I think um, you know we used to. We used to, when I started cooking, I used to think, oh, you know, I need to be like the French or be like the, you know, the Michelin stars and 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 all that sort of thing, and and so that's what I did find dining to begin with, but it just the jacket didn't fit really, and I, I found it, um, you know, I sort of felt that we always were trying to be like someone else, and yet now we've gone through this transition of um, we're actually comfortable who we are, and actually informality is just as hard to nail informality uh, or an informal restaurant as it is as a, a fine dining restaurant. Um, because if you don't nail it, you're looked upon as lazy pretty quickly. Um, so that ability to make things look very casual and, you know, not so um, polished, but but everything arriving um, as it should is, is quite difficult, um, you know, in a casual environment. But... Um, 
yeah, the, getting back to your question, you know, I think um, I'm I'm about doing as little to the product as possible. I don't I don't, I don't cook in plastic bags. Um, I don't have any any. Um, I've never cooked anything in a plastic bag in my life. Um, you know, and I don't have um, twinces or pincers or whatever those or schmears and bits and pieces. But I, you know, I, um, and I respect the people that do, of course. But New Zealand foods. Are, about getting it to the plate as as quickly as possible and doing as little with it as possible. I think um, you know, obviously, it's got to be well cooked and well seasoned. But so much of it is about you know, I don't want something that's um, you know been played with and turned into you know, because I think smoke and mirrors is actually has to happen. Well, happens a lot when the product isn't that good um, because that's the only way you can get it to visually eat well I guess but um you know it's it's about um I think you know and it all sounds so cliched but you know getting the product from the land or the sea to the plate um as quickly as possible and letting the product sort of do the speaking itself and you know a few little obviously the few little twists and bits and pieces along the way but you know we're blessed with beautiful food and um over here and beautiful product and and uh you know if, if it's a plate of cloudy baked clams you know just do it like it's been done around the world forever and a day you know splash of wine hit of garlic a bit of chili you know some lemon juice and butter and you know then the the product's gonna do the talking and um you know i think i'm not about um you know not trying to recreate the wheel here i'm just trying to just do food that people like you know to me it's you know, again, it's the it's the vehicle for everything else. That's really what it is. It's the vehicle for fun and happiness, and people having a good time. And um, again, that informality um, is a is a massive part of that. I want you know, it doesn't matter whether you're black, white, gay, straight, fat, skinny, rich, or poor. You know, you walk into any of my establishments, and and you just you're all the same. And um, you'll be all treated the same, and and it's in a in a fun, convivial place where you actually don't even need the music on. There's so much bloody noise going on, and and that's that's my soundtrack. You know, people having a good time, you know, and, and not feeling uncomfortable. You've always had an amazing connection with the produce. You actually grew up on a farm. Can you can you tell us about those days and then how you got into cooking? Yeah, um, yeah, I did. I grew up grew up on on the farm, and and. Um, I wasn't really um, connected to farming so much, um, to be honest. But I, I loved the outdoors, and um, you know, I loved the um, you know, I had a rifle in my hand from a very early age, and would roam the hills and shoot rabbits for mum to to cook, and ducks and bits and pieces, or go eeling, and I loved all that sort of side of it. Um, and you know, it, it was funny, sort of. I used to, when I started cooking, I, you know, used to read lots of cookbooks and they're always, you know, famous chefs waxing on about their amazing um, upbringings with their, you know, they'd walk down the garden path and pick basil with granny and she'd sit on the bench and would make pesto together and the, you know, mortar and pestle and it all, you know, and all these duck confit and bullier base and all these amazing sounding dishes and I used to feel quite deflated going, shit, we didn't have any of that. And, um, but funny, the longer I've been in the game, I realise um, it doesn't matter 
where you grew up, you had an incredible, most people had an incredible, and you can't judge one against the other um, upbringing around food. But we had a, you know, we had a pretty substantial veggie garden and, you know, that was just normal. And we had a few fruit trees and, you know, we had two herbs, mint and parsley. Um, and they seemed to do us just, just, just fine. And, you know, I used to, I was fascinated by, you know, as a kid used to watch, um, you know, cause we'd have to kill the dog tuckers for the, for the dogs on the farm on, on a, every Monday afternoon in the, in the killing house. And, and then we'd kill the muttons or the hoggets for the, um, for the workers and, and for our, our family to eat through, through the week. And I'd sit there and watch that happen all or, you know, so I was connected to that sort of thing from a really early age, and I could name all the bits of offal because we never wasted anything, and and you know, learnt to to skin kill a sheep at pretty early age and hang it all. You know, so I love that. I always sort of said if I wasn't a if I didn't end up cooking for a living, I would have probably ended up being a butcher. I love that sort of meat fabrication and, and breaking down um, animals or fish or anything. I still love that sort of side of things. Um, but you know, we used to have, um, we'd go to the, the coast, um, for, for our holidays to a little place called Castle Point. We had a caravan there and, and, um, you know, that was a magic time of the, of the, of the year where we, we would change our diet from, you know, a lot, eating a lot of lamb and a lot of mutton and a bit of beef to, um, to eating seafood and, and diving and eating, um, what we call power, but, uh, abalone, um, and you know, digging for 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 pippies and tour tours and and um, crayfish and you know setting the net and you know so um, you know a lot of it's interesting, isn't it? But a lot a lot of what we take for granted, I, I don't think we realise how amazing that was. How New Zealanders have grown up with all these things that just seem to be part and parcel. Um, of, of living in this country and you know we all travel to other parts of the world to you know to eat in a 200 year old trattoria in Italy by a beautiful you know Italian waiter and you know with all the accent and it, all all that sort of thing carrying on and we think it's so amazing but I think we forget you know, and, and look it's it, it, it's certainly happening now is is that people um, you know you can hop off a plane in New Zealand and you know, with any pretty much, with you can drive anywhere, and within an hour, you you can you can at low tide get cockles in the in the sand or or tour tour or anything like that, and um and you know the hills are full of wild game, and um yeah, there's a lot of you know just a lot of things that we should be proud of, I think, as a country uh, that you know that's that's our informality, our generosity. And um, you know, cherishing what we have, and 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 you know, people talk about trying to take New Zealand food to the to the world, and I'm I'm like, oh fuck, forget that. Let's keep it. You know, let's let's they can they can fucking find it. <laughs> you know, we don't need to take it to them. Let's keep it for ourselves. But um, but yeah, no, it's definitely you know most New Zealanders travel, and that's why we've got a really you know incredible chefs here in New Zealand, and and um, especially the young ones that are really into it, and they travel and they they bring back all these um, ideas, and you know we have a pretty 
pretty cool um, industry here now, you know, that, that feels pretty grown up and, and dare I say it, you know, world class, along with you know, a lot of other countries. You mentioned that fine dining's not really your thing anymore, but you made a real name for yourself with Logan Brown over many years. What was that period of time like? Um, look, it was, as I say, I, th- I thought that that's what I had to do. You know, so often you you you, um, you, you pick a career and you want to be good at it. And, and um, I thought that that was and probably is still the pinnacle for, for many people. But um, fine dining, I found it... Um, I just just found it a bit soulless. I just you know I, I couldn't stand degustation. I couldn't stand these long periods and people explaining things and talking to no one wants to fucking know about the terroir of the fucking wine. You know they just want to drink it. You know and have some fun and talk. Not stop being bothered and and um, that's you know I, I just I thought that that's what and then then it was a you know I did it for ten or twelve years and then I just. I eventually went. I've got to be true to myself, and um, this is this is you know I feel uncomfortable doing doing this style of food, and and uh, so yeah, Logan Brown won you know lots of awards and bits and pieces, but it always for some reason for me just felt a little bit you know I'm proud of my days there with what Steve and I did, and 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 look Steve still got it still going, and and it's over twenty years, so it's a huge achievement anyway. Um, but um, I just, you know, once I made the break and realised that um, that I, I still loved the loved the game, but I wanted to embrace our, you know, depot was all about embracing informality, and I kept thinking about if I was going to do a restaurant, what is it about, you know, eating that I like, and where are my my memories that that seem to be the best ones, and and. Um, it always came back to sort of campgrounds or what we call batches over here, which are sort of humble holiday homes and where anonymity kind of reigns supreme and, and um, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a high court judge or a freezing worker, you know, everyone's treated the same and you'll drink wine out of a jam jar if that's the only vessel that's left and, and um so those were my memories. So it was, you know, it sounds blasphemy, but how, how do how do you how do you um, commercialise that feeling or that that thing? And and um, I, you know, and I wanted to serve wine in tumblers, and I wanted to have wine on tap, and and um, people were saying, "Oh, mate, you'll you know you'll go bust in in six weeks if you do that." And and um, I was like, "Well, fuck, we still serve wine in a plastic cup." At, 30,000 feet and people seem to drink it. Um, I'm, at least I'm serving it in a glass. Um, and, you know, it was proven right, you know. It was, you know, to, yes, I understand people who are, um, you know, into their wines and want to sniff and smell and swirl and, and beautiful glassware, but I, I'm a big believer. People just want to take the top off and they know the fun will come, you know, and, and, and it's, that's sort of that whole um, breaking down informality and making people feel comfortable. I'm, f- I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by, um, you know, the the psych, the you know how you even from m- making a reservation or walking up to a restaurant, the sense of arrival. Um, you know, you, people, you know, standing over the threshold. Or, stepping over into someone else's area or even knocking on someone's door or even a friend when they open the door you know how do you make that person even if it's 
you know, your best friend feel comfortable as soon as they step into your space. And, um, you know, and I, and the thing with, with, and that's where I get back to campgrounds and all these places. No one cares what you are. It's, it's who you are and, and being able to make people feel comfortable, um, as quickly as possible. And, you know, that, that at depot, we, you know, we don't take reservations and we haven't. And, you know, people have, have, a, have a bit of a moan about that. And, and uh, you know, but they're the, if you need to eat at seven o'clock, we're not, we're not your place. Um, but, you know, and, as, and I say, you know, like when you have people around or go to someone's place for dinner, you don't walk in the door and sit down and start eating. You have a drink for, for you know, 40 minutes, an hour, or more before you even, you know, so this whole having to eat at these times, um, again, that's, it's breaking down the formality. It's making it informal and fun and, you know, and, and, you know, we had the, I was intimidated coming to, uh, Auckland to, to open, um, the, you know, to, to open depot a little, there's some comparison, Comparison, I guess, and and you know, Auckland's a bit like Sydney, and Wellington's a bit like Melbourne. I think um, that that parallel gets drawn a, a few times. But um, so I was quite intimidated to come to the big city, and um, you know, I'm not a um, I the things that I that I pride myself on is that I can't stand um, snobbery or or you know, don't you know who I am sort of people, and and we had those people turn up. To the, to the restaurant early and 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 it was kind of no I don't know who you are and it'll be 40 minutes and they never came back um, but what I did learn what I did learn is that you reap what you sow and um, we have we we pride ourselves on kind happy friendly service and and everyone's treated the same you know we don't talk about back in the front of house we just have one house and we're all part of it together we try and break that down the whole time too um and you know i remember um early on or first year you know um i was waiting on some tables and and um well i was always say oh you know thanks for waiting now we'll wait on you and this guy goes oh well, mate fuck bloody nice to meet you we always come along here and, and um we don't mind the weight we we don't look at our watch anymore we 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 count the carafes and and tonight was a three and a half carafe weight <laughs> you know and that's you know that's that's an a-class customer in my eyes you know it's that sort of you know they embrace that that it's not you know they come along and it's part of the fun is hanging out if the table's not there once you get the table it's all yours, and you sit down. You have ice water. You have a koha, which is—I'm um, not sure what the French term for that is. You know, when you get something free when you start, what do they call that? I can't remember. Anyway, you know. So you, yes, a moose bush. Um, you uh, koha is Māori for for gift, um, so we call it a koha. And um, you know, so so getting people down on the seat, they've got ice water in them, they've got bread, they haven't even paid for anything and they're already eating and drinking. You know, those are the important issues to me is to make people, see people let let go as quickly as possible. You know, it might be like they're on a first date, it might be like they've been talking up the restaurant, it might be, you know, so they've got this certain amount of anxiousness about them that comes in and it's our job to, to, to dissipate that as quickly as possible. And, um, you know, we... We don't, um, you know, the main food at Depot, and I talk about Depot a lot because, it, you know, if you have a Depot in your life, you're 
you're a bit lucky, I think. Although you know, maybe you earn them and have been in the game a long time. But um, you know, it's we we do we do secondary cuts mainly, and and you know we have an oyster bar, and so we shuck everything to water, etc. And you know, we serve wine and classic French tumblers, and the music's a bit noisy and it's a bit chaotic, and but people love it. And and they they can you know and it, and it was it was it was about it's just making people feel comfortable and if informality is our deal in New Zealand, um, that's that's what we're about. And um, you know you don't need to be able to pronounce the 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 French wine or you know we hardly have any of those anyway. But um, but yeah, it's it's just a a, a place that is. Um, you know that we make people feel comfortable and as quickly as possible, and 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 that's the magic of it, I think. You mentioned that the restrictions haven't allowed you to capture the true energy of your restaurants because there's restrictions there and spacing. Uh, what what is the state of the industry there at the moment, and do you think it's changed because of these circumstances? Oh, look, I, yes, I think I think it has. Um, you know what's also happened. Um, Certainly for Auckland, um, you know, COVID hit. Um, but we're also in the middle of sort of the city's getting an underground rail network put in. And and so the city's a bit broken at the moment. There's cones everywhere, you know, in the middle of the city. It's hard to get around, you know, traffic's a nightmare. So that, that you know, and even then bloody truck blew over on the bridge the other day and that put the bridge out for a bit. And so... We've been hit with a lot of things, and and um, and so you know, and people are. It's a funny time in a sense that there's so much uncertainty, and you know, on one hand, people are going, "Oh, you know, you've got to get out there and support all your local people and your local restaurants." Well, that's that's great if you've got a whole lot of money, but if you know you, your wife's just lost her job and you've got a mortgage, and you know, the, these are times to be a bit more frugal, and we shouldn't. You know, my thoughts again too is, you know, as much as I want everyone to be in the building, you know, because half the people are working from home as well now. So, you know, lunch trade is pretty much non-existent. Um, but it's a real uncertain time. And, and um, as I say, you know, people have to be a bit more frugal and going out. Um, the, the other thing that's sort of happened too because of COVID um, now that we've come out, there's been about five or six new restaurant openings in the last week or two, maybe even more, eight. So, so they all were in the planning before COVID hit. Um, and then they all, you know, then COVID hit, so everything sort of stopped. And I guess everyone worked behind the scenes. But as soon as it came down to, to level one, they've all bloody opened at one time. So that's kind of tough as well for, for everyone and, and – um, but, you know, because they're paying, you know, what it's like to, to open a restaurant, the, the money just, you know, pours out of the place. So, you know, people with big rents have, have got big dreams and, you know, people are, you know, the people, are, the punters are, are coming back, but, you know, not, not in the numbers and shit, we miss the Aussies. <laughs> so no, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, but, we, you know, we have we've always had a great, you know, great, you know, Aussies love the rest, you know, when they come over for business and that trans-Tasman travel. Um, yeah, we, um, you know, we miss the tourists a huge amount 
as as well. So it's slimmer pickings, you know. What do we what do we do? We we just have to be smarter. And you know, again, it's all about cost centers and you know drilling down on on everything. You know, we've always our match has always been relatively. You know, have a pretty small menu and and. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And as I say, we sort of cook, you know, the special needs vegetables and the secondary cuts and all those sorts of um, things that, um, you know, you can you can get a little bit of sort of, um, I guess, profit out of them if you, if you do, do it, if you do it smartly and, and, and well. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's just the way it is now and, and um, you know, we'll get through it. But takes a bit of time you briefly mentioned how you're missing the aussies which was really nice to hear uh, but with uh, international travel in question and new zealand doing the elimination um, method but many countries not how are you feeling about international travel and that reliance on tourist dollars but also you like to travel as well you even filmed in australia film tv shows mm, mm. yeah it's well it's it's you know that's the thing is, uh, you know, how long's a piece of string? Are we, you know, is is this? Are we halfway through this, or are we are we ten percent into it? I, I don't I don't really know. You know, and as I say, you know, closing things down is relatively easy. Opening up is a is a whole another ball game. And you know, you think of all those planes parked up and all the air. You know, it's not that simple, is it? So even if there is a is a vaccine and and we all or they find a cure and we can, you know, it's still going to take quite a long time to to open up. So it's a, you know, I guess it's certainly on tourism. Like a, it's a, um, it's an opportunity, I think, to, to look at our industry and maybe shape it a bit better on a more high net sort of tourist people that are coming out, you know, rather than, you know, all these freedom campers and that sort of stuff that are, you know, kind of clog it all up and we don't get good value out of them. And, you know, this is a precious little country and, and you know, we should look after it like that. And you want to come here, it's, you know, I think the high-valued tourists are the way we should be going because, you know, we're not, um, you know, we're a great little country, but we've got to look look after these, you know, these tourist spots and, and um, you know, and certainly the, the restaurants, um, you know, we, we're, we're encouraging, obviously, New Zealanders to, to travel within New Zealand, and 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 they certainly are. They've, you know, there's lots of people. You know, the school holidays, the the regions have been doing um, relatively well. Mo- most of anyone who lives outside Auckland fucking hates Auckland, so I think it's the last place they want to come to. Um, we're a bunch of tosses up here. Um, so, um, but you know, um, they'll 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 they'll. You know, there are. You know, we've got the America's Cup coming, but again, that's not going to have anything of um, the. You know, what we thought the millions that it was going to be bringing in—that's for sure. It's just um, so that's going to be interesting um, to see how how that goes, and and people are still a little bit um, gun shy of going out. You know, we had the test match yesterday with with, with you guys and and uh, Wellington, which was absolute ripper of a game. Um, but you know there was still, you know, I would have thought that would have sold out, but didn't sell out. You know, and that to me can only mean that people are still a bit gun shy about being in 
you know, spaces where there's lots and lots of people. So, um, and that that flows down into the restaurants as well. You know, when we came out of, we got back to level one after the first five weeks of lockdown. Um, I was like, sweet, fuck, everyone's going to be bursting to get back and have some fun. Shit, stood there, you know, restaurant half empty straight away. You know, it took ages, took quite a while for that to warm up again and and get, you know, and we got up to probably about 80% of what our normal um, sales and busyness was uh, before we went into lockdown again. And um, it's come back a little bit. We went back into level one uh, last Thursday uh, and it certainly was, it's, you know, I think people are, you know, wanting to to get out there a, a bit more. Well, anyway, it's come it seems to have come back a bit quicker this time. So um but you know if we go down what, what if we go down into another, you know, I, I, the first one was kind of, you know, adrenaline, wow, what's going on? Like, you know, this is a pandemic, what does that mean? Look after our staff, close it down, you know, and it was kind of, you know, on a on a personal scale, I, I really enjoyed the five weeks of of mucking around and cooking at home and going for walks and um, that sort of thing and sitting by the fire and you know even though the businesses were hemorrhaging there was an upside to that so you know I, I get the I get the you know the one thing that sort of came out of that is you know we're always so bloody busy the whole time that um, you know busy people being busy seems to be a badge of honour um, well I'm kind of not that way anymore and I'm 55 and was looking at taking my foot off the accelerator a bit and you know and what COVID's done is kind of like knock those plans out for another few years you know it's like oh got to pick ourselves up again and and keep pushing on when when I was thinking oh shit we're going quite well here you know we've, we've put in a long time building the brand and the bag was going you know the restaurant's going great and and now so that's a little bit disheartening of course but you know, the thing about being in the shit, there's nothing worse than being in the shit by yourself, but at least everyone's in the shit. And you can take a little bit of comfort in that, I think. And um, and there's always a worse story around the corner. Um, and so, you know, we just, you know, I'm not about bottom lip dropping. I'm about, you know, being positive. Let's get on with it. And um, we'll get through it. That's the main thing. How have you felt personally during this time? Has this experience changed you at all? Um, yeah, look, I think it ha- has in, in, in a sense of um, just, you know, as I said, just, just sort of mentioned, you know, this constant trying to do so many things and, and um, it's brought back a little bit about what's important. And, you know, I, I have two daughters, um, one's 21 and one's um, 19 and, you know, I've sacrificed a huge amount of um my life missed a lot of sports days and and prize givings and things and and um, so the human side of things you know about slowing down and and, and what's important and and stop bloody and try saying no a bit more um, you know the mental health issues fuck you know I, I put my hand up in that area as well I, you know I see a therapist I have for four years you know I'm I'm adopted and, you know, I've carried quite a bit of angst around me around that that sort of, you know, morphed in the last sort of six years. And, and so, yeah, the, the, certainly the, the mental health side of things and, and, and sort of seeing some clarity around what's really important. Um, and that is, you know, a, a bit more of a balance, that sort of um, that badge of honour of, of, you know, chefs 
you know, going and working in European or English kitchens and, and, and being, you know, starting at 7 in the morning and working till 11.30 at night and, 12, you know, six days, you know, I think that's, and, you know, and that was, you know, that he-man sort of, you know, if you can't handle it, you know, get, you know, I can't stand any of that. I've never been, I can't stand being worked at, um, uh, under intimidation or anything like that. But I think that this idea now, and you know, and the mental health in our game is a very serious thing and um, it's got to be addressed and we've got to understand that um, somehow, you know, we have, that, that, you know, I tell my, all my, um, employees that you know life outside the kitchen or the restaurant is should and should always be more important to you than what's inside the restaurant and if you're having a you know if I can you know if you if your karate class is you're learning or you're writing poetry or collecting butterflies or something um if your class is on a Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock well let's try and make that happen um and so you know that ability to step back and go what's important and um, and make people, you know, the the only way we're going to keep people in our industry is if we look after them as people and treat them how we'd like to be treated. And um, you know, and that's all, all my success has come down to, um, without question, you know, the people that I've surrounded myself with, and um, and how I've uh, I guess looked after them or worked with them. And um, that's the secret to success, I believe. And and um, that's that's what it's about. It's it's you know to try and get longevity of well you know longevity in 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 our industry. If someone's worked to me for five years, it's probably time they left anyway. But um, they've given me five years of their life. Holy shit! You know that's unbelievable. Um, you know when you think about things like that, the dedication of 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 people, and obviously they've enjoyed it if they've stayed that long and and they've grown as. Uh, um, as well, but I certainly feel indebted to, um, you know, these people that have given me and made me look good and helped me um, create um, my sort of vision or what I wanted to create in, in, in business. And, and I take a huge amount of pride in now, especially, you know, when you're getting in, locking, getting in your late 50s and things, you've got, you know, you've got dishwashers that worked for you 20 years ago that have, you know, two or three restaurants and they're just... And, you know, there's a huge amount of um, pride in seeing, you know, and seeing your DNA in their dishes and their food, or their, or the way that they run their business, or the way that they look after their staff, and and you know, that's I find that really, really rewarding, and and um, you know, there's a lot of that's happened and in the last sort of five or six years and to yeah to to celebrate these great people that have worked for you and given you so much and and then to see them successfully go on and know that you've been part of their 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 upbringing or part of their learning and now they've got their own successful businesses as well and that you know and I think that that's the hospitality game you know it's it's basically full of full of licorice all sorts I think that's what you know the thing that I got into cooking because I suddenly realized that shit you know there's no seats in the kitchen there's fire everywhere everyone's got a knife it's fucking yelling and screaming and out of it all this chaos comes these beautiful plates of food you know and and um so it's creative but it's 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 just such a you know I've always you know the thing about hospital it's team it's always team and um you know it's like 
playing tennis, you know, you, you win in singles, that's fun, but you win in doubles, it's way more fun. So to be able to celebrate each night or, you know, the end of the week and have had a, you know, you've been into war with your with your team and got through the other side and to see, to generally see people, you know, and we, we have a lot of, we have a lot of, um, staff that come through that that are you know casual and they're training to be lawyers or doctors or whatever and we get a lot of that in the in our pacifica um kids that come through and um, from the islands and they and they come in and they're they're quite shy and they start as food runners and move up to waiters and and to see these people blossom in a in an environment like a restaurant and and then go on and you realize that even if they are doctors and lawyers what you've taught them about life as communication and about structure and and um, you know there's a whole lot of things that you again even if they're not in the game anymore your your DNA from the restaurant has has helped them in their career in another way and that's um, all those sorts of things I get a I get a big buzz out of for sure well Al it's always amazing to catch up and talk you're an incredible person and and your, restaurant, your restaurants are a testament to that. Thank you so much for joining us on Deep in the Weeds. Keep in touch, and we'll talk again soon. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospo community, suppliers, and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.